In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. All right, we're going to continue with our theme of travel and publishing. Adventure. Adve- and, and adventure, right? Because that's what we do. We're an adventure podcast. And, and, I've and drinking. And drinking, because we're, we're already drinking. Hold on, I got a text message. Oh, put your damn phone away. <laughs> <laughs> but I've already forgotten the names of the people who are our guests today. So if you go ahead, introduce yourselves. <laughs> Uh, my name is Jacob McClure. I am the marketing coordinator for Drunk Publishing. And my name is Mary Wiestewald, and I handle the digital marketing for Drunk Publishing. And I'm Shelby Simpson, and I am the writer and the brain master behind Drunk Publishing. Wow. You are the That's dark a legit master. title. <laughs> is that why you're wearing brain that hat? Master. That's yeah. <laughs> the ass hat. <laughs> the ass hat. <laughs> That's mine. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. We're, uh, we're drinking some mighty fine beers here. Click, click. click. That's what was, there's a Very lot of. Fine. There's a lot of instances where we're usually in here in the morning drinking coffee, so it's kind of nice to be in here mm. in the evening. For sure. Yeah. You record in the morning? Oh, yeah. Oh, we sometimes on Sunday mornings. Unnatural. It's a grind. <laughs> yeah. We do lots of things that are unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> Have you stayed up all night to do the morning? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Not going to admit. Yeah. Right, right. No comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Um, but Shelby, you are night. the author of... A travel log. Can I call it a travel log? Is that is you call it whatever you want? A memoir. A memoir. Travel adventure. Memoir. A biography called mm-hmm. Good Globe mm-hmm. about your travels all over the world. You've been to what thirty eight countries? Mm-hmm. Thirty nine actually. Thirty nine now. Updated. Yeah. Um, or it will be thirty nine. I'm going to Cuba. Ooh. In a yeah. couple of Excellent. Months. Oh, yeah, that's yo. right. You uh, you did a blog post about that. <gasps> You read I my blog that. too, man. You're, 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 you actually Staying research on top. And stuff. <laughs> this is, this is yeah, that's Aaron. That's stuff. Aaron's job in in the show is to to know what to know we're stuff. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you go back and listen to some other shows. It sounds like I have failed at that job. So, do you update everyone about what you've learned? I try to, but most of the time I'm drunk. So, <laughs> great. Well, that's it it he didn't really have it. He brought the book over to my house and he was done reading it. And um, I had intended to sit down last night and read it. You know how you have those evenings where you think you're going to do one thing mm. and and not party and not get drunk, and then you totally don't do that, right. and then you're just you're like, damn it, I'm drunk again. All those plans go out the window. <laughs> that was me. It's yeah, too late. yeah. You tripped and fell on your beer bottle. Hard. <laughs> so I I really enjoyed reading the book. I thought uh, right. it, it reminded me of, of the few. Ad- traveling adventures that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt good to, to relive some of those. Um, tell us about the book, about writing the book and, and how you chose what stories to put in here. <sighs> oh, oh. God, why'd I come here? Oh, no, no, come um, back in. Don't leave, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> writing the book sucked. That thing lived in me for 10 years and I so oh, wow. badly from youth wanted to be a writer but and I have been writing my whole life and then I was a professional writer for many years but 
as in feature story, blurb here, mm-hmm. something there. And I did not understand how to put a book together. And so I actually uh, went and got my master's in professional writing, and that's where I was trained on novel writing, which is fictional writing. But you learn a structure mm-hmm. that is, it's age old. Everyone, basically, every story is told. Do you guys know much about storytelling and the structure? And yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. No. A little bit. no. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it, but basically <laughs> it's like, for the most part, all stories they follow the same structure. And so once you get that structure, you can tell a much better story, including the true ones. That's why it's narrative nonfiction. I mean, like something as simple as just saying, like rising action, the climax, right. and the falling action. Right. right. Mm-hmm. The way that you introduce a character. Right. Yeah. All of these things. Uh, three acts. But once I finished my master's, I actually had to turn in a manuscript. Instead of a thesis, you turn in a book. Sure. And this was what I turned in, was Good Globe. And um, it just, it felt so good. I mean, like writing it was difficult, but now that it's out, I feel so much better. And the process was, it was difficult, but worth it. And I chose the stories just based on things that I thought were, they're most memorable to me, but I also think that they're important stories for anyone who wants to go travel the world to know. Uh, I don't know. Did you feel that way when you were reading it, that you would feel more relaxed about getting out there? Um, absolutely. Um, it, it felt like a good introduction of of what is actually out there, because the one big travel adventure I had in my life, I went to Machu Picchu. Oh, nice. And I went in November of 2001. Cool. And I had bought my tickets for it in like July of 2001. Then September 11th happened. Everybody oh. says, you can't travel. You can't go anywhere now. Right. You know, you're going to get killed. Right. You're going to die. Fuck you. I'm going anyway. <laughs> and the cool thing, what ended up happening was when I when I got down there, there were no Americans there. Right. <laughs> there were no Americans traveling internationally. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't have to go there and meet a bunch of other Americans. Right. I got, you know, it, it helped me, you know, kind of meet people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I met one other American guy and his name was Aaron. No. <laughs> Did he look like you? Uh, no. He was taller and handsomer and from California. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I hate when that but, happens. Yeah. Your nemesis. But, but I, I realized <laughs> when I went nightmare. that so many people were, were unfamiliar with international travel and had all of these made up reservations in their mind about the dangers oh, of yeah. it. And I think you addressed that a little bit in here. Good. And I think what your travel show is, chill the fuck out. It's not that big of a deal. It's not. And I think uh, something I never thought of was the idea of working while you travel. Right. Because there's mm-hmm. a, the, I think one of the middle, cha- middle chapters is about your, your jobs that yep. you worked in Australia and the, the English as a second oh, language yeah. job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. But for sure. And so that's what I actually... Uh, this is, although it's a personal journey. F- jo- Whoa, let's start over here, shall we? Slow down on that beer there. <laughs> <laughs> Told you that was good beer. Yeah, easy for me to say. Uh, it's a personal journey, and I want to be a writer, but I also want to give back. I am so passionate about people living their dreams, but especially their travel dreams. And so I really wanted to address that and hopefully motivate people to go. To not feel like they're limited, to not feel like they have to go through a church or through the university or have a million dollars to go. 
That is, I, I did at least read the prologue. Oh. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say How that. How sweet of you. But I did like that encouragement that that's what you're saying in, in the prologue is mm-hmm. you can actually go and do this and not have to find yourself attached to an organization or something. You can go out, strike yeah. out on your own. Right. And go work in a country with the money that you've saved up. Right. So. The people are people. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. And so once you can navigate the waters of the culture that you've entered... Uh, you're cool. And you don't even have to speak the language, but I mean, work is work. People are doing the same jobs everywhere you go because everyone's human. It's not like you're dealing with a different species and they've come up with a brand new way of working. Um, So you just have to have the balls, I would say. (laughs) Brass balls. (laughs) Brass balls. And that's what people lack. You know, they let fear get in the way all the time in their lives, just even on their couch. So I was totally remember that. Have you seen that movie Harold and Maude? Are you familiar with that yeah. movie from the seventies? Mm-hmm. It's the younger guy falls in love with like the really old lady. But one of the comments he makes to Maude is, "How do you get along with people so well?" And she goes, "Well, they're my species." Oh, that's <laughs> cute. Like, well, okay, that's yeah. that makes total sense. <laughs> right? It's awesome. And it is like that. I literally nothing. When you really get down to the nitty gritty of being in another country, it, it's all the same. People care about the same things. Yeah. They're all stressed and not stressed and happy and sad and just getting through life. And so if you just don't think too much, I think that's another thing. I talk about analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. People have to know before they go. Yeah. How, do, how are you going to do this? How are you going to take right. care of this? Right. right. And, and how do you take care of anything? Yeah. You know, it works exactly like your life here. Say, I don't know all those details before I walk out the door in the morning. So, right, <laughs> right. How's it going like, to work? Oh my god, I don't know. I need to study about part it. Of, first. Part of having an adventure is not knowing what's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. just going out and doing it. Right, and right. adapting to what happens to you as it happens to you. Right, and not necessarily having everything planned out. Right. But like I, think, to me, I know a lot of people love the idea of taking a cruise. The idea of a cruise sounds like torture <laughs> to me. <laughs> do not they're like going to no. plan your whole fucking day and you're just right. stuck on a boat. On and, a fucking yeah. boat. And then, oh, here we are with these old shits. And like, oh, again. No. Again. <laughs> again. Well, what about the Walking Dead cruise, though? Oh now, that sounds kind of cool. It's when a real they, thing. They, uh, Is that when, just like every cruise, though? All the old well, people? Somebody told yeah. me. <laughs> they bring out like a fake Herschel head and they play soccer with a Herschel head. What? Yeah. So okay. that sounds cool. Yeah, no, I, I retract. Or the the, the, the the new kids on the block cruise sounds cool. What? You, you didn't know about that. I didn't no. know. Well, the MKOTB cruise? No. <laughs> really? That's be heavy. Oh, is this real? Really? This is true. <laughs> don't know, don't care. <laughs> I, would, I would rather get out there and, and go take a boat across the river and find a random hotel in the, right. in the lay ocean. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say that? Is that I don't, yeah, you, that, s- you said it. So yeah, that's how you sure. say it. <laughs> that's that's what how you, said. you say it. And, and, and basically just live in a, stay in a hotel up in the treetops to watch monkeys. Right. You know, that sounds much more entertaining and fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, the stuff I did was quite intrepid intentionally because I wanted to do the more difficult traveling young because I figured I could jump on a cruise older, you know? Or go stay in the nicer hotels. And and it's just a different experience. But yeah, you don't have to know before you go. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be rich. I mean, that's the main one. I think a lot of Americans just believe that it is like reserved for the wealthy. Right. Um, it is not. Well, and a couple of the things that uh, struck me was, first of all, uh, the stigma of traveling alone. So I mm-hmm. did that. 
I did a solo trip to stay at an eco resort on uh, St. John in the Virgin Islands called nice. Maho Bay. And it was absolutely phenomenal. And when I was going out there, you're going by yourself? Mm-hmm. You can't go by yourself. Weirdo. I'm, Weirdo. Like, I'm absolutely going by myself because <laughs> I sure as hell ain't going to deal with anybody else on this trip other than me. Right. Um, and so going into the restaurant there and like, isn't it weird eating by yourself? And like, oh, yeah. it's awesome. It's great. Right. Um, and then in the prologue, uh, there was the girl that was giving you grief or traveling because oh, yeah. you were running from problems. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> as you were mentioning in the rest of the world, I think there was like the two moms in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, my sons for mm-hmm. his overseas experience for two years. And then they're like, oh, well, that's good for him. Yeah. You know, like it, it was a positive response. Like, that's awesome. I'm happy that that person's doing it when in so many instances here, when you're doing something different or improving yourself, you get like this negative reaction. I would say almost always. always. And that's so sad for it Americans. Is. I don't know why we feel like tearing each other down. We do it a lot. All the time. That like if, but at the same time, people want you to be different if you succeed. Yeah, you're if, right. If right. you're rich as fuck because you stepped <laughs> off of the line, woohoo! But, but if you're as, like not, yeah, but they'll do everything they can to try to keep you from succeeding. Right. You're, right. you're going to fail. It's not going to work. Mm, yeah. Uh, but then when you do succeed. They and they're like so it. proud of you nah. and they want to, yeah, hitch their wagon to you and go party and good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you, you made it. Yeah. But you have to make it. And it also seems rare too, I guess, pointing that out that there's not enough times where other people share in the joy of someone else's success. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I'm very happy for you that you created a publishing company and wrote this book and, you mm-hmm. know, did all this stuff. That's awesome. Um, there needs to be more of that. There really does. Do you feel like in Oklahoma, like you guys are a big part, mm-hmm. I think, of congratulating and lifting people up and trying to progress the culture of Oklahoma City and the state. And so I think people like you are part of transitioning from negative thoughts to positive ones. And there does need to be more of it. Uh but I mean, I think it'll always be there because humans are always there, you know. Yeah. And well, I can also just tricky, imagine tricky like an features. interview with you going a totally different direction of somebody doing this line of questioning of, well, didn't you feel uncomfortable being by yourself, and weren't you afraid because you were a woman, mm. and kind of like trying to point all these negative things instead of like celebrating what you did? Yeah. Well, or I don't know. I don't. I don't think I did talk about in this book, but um, most narrative nonfiction wit written by women is about their huge journey that was taken only out of sorrow. Like, really? eat, oh, pray, yeah. love. Eat, pray, love. Got a horrible divorce. Lost myself. Yeah. What's the Tuscany one? The, uh, I think it has the word Tuscany in it. Under the Under, Tuscan sun. Under there the we Tuscan go. Under the Tuscan sun. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a journey of sorrow as well? Or? I think oh, that's popped into my head. I think she thing. had a divorce and... Decided she wanted to live in Tuscany. Fell apart. You know, like my life is over, so I might as well just go do what I they want. They were running finally. from a problem. Right. Instead uh, of running yeah. towards Instead something. Instead of running toward mm-hmm. new problems. <laughs> I don't have enough problems in my life. Let's God, go problem more hunting. problems. Maybe I could get some Thai problems. Some Thai problems. <laughs> I, need a, I need a little more. I need some third world problems. <laughs> some more Fiji Island problems. Right. Everybody's late there. All right. Right. So, I'm bored with all my first world. Problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The book is Good Globe and it was published by Drunk, Drunk Publishing. Publishing. So yes. you roped in these two fine folks over here. 
Yeah. She did. That's a that great happen? story. Tell them how we met. I'll let these two talk yeah. for a while. <laughs> well, um, we were all in grad school together at the University of Oklahoma. Shelby was studying professional writing, and Mary and I were studying uh, strategic communication, getting our master's. And we all had class together. And like Shelby said, she wrote the book for her uh, final project and didn't know really know how to sell it. And so that's what Mary and I had been studying, you know, during our master's degrees, how to market things and sell. And uh I'll never forget the day Shelby approached me to kind of hire me on to sell this book. It was, we were on Campus Corner in Norman, and there was a massive tornado heading mm. towards the mm. town. And so, of course. yeah, right? of course, as it was one to do. Normal. And, uh, <laughs> no, I meant. So we go Tuesday. onto campus yeah. into the basement of the Union where we figured we'd be safe. We're surrounded by hundreds of people and their dogs and their babies all trying to hide out from this tornado. Well, this is no good. <laughs> And, and Shelby's telling me about her idea for this book. and Because that's the perfect time mission. to do that. Yeah, all yeah. like over crying <laughs> babies and literally a dog that was like, well, Since we're experiencing this crisis together, let me tell you about this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pitch for Listen you. to me. At least I know you won't go anywhere. For <laughs> yeah, that's After right. Audience. And she, she had me cornered, absolutely. But uh, <laughs> but she started telling me about this book, and I could hear the passion in her voice and how she felt so strongly about travel and encouraging people to kind of follow their dreams and... and um, despite the fear and all yeah. that. And so, you know, as we're there terrified in the basement with a tornado raging overhead and, and it was just an inauspicious start to this journey, but it, is, it has been a very rewarding experience so far. Absolutely. I agree. Shelby and I had a similar meeting. Um, <laughs> what was your crisis? Tornado <laughs> we actually, I don't think there was any... No storms. No storms at all. We met in a coffee shop mm -hmm. and she just sat me down and... You know, you've met, you've met Shelby now and your listeners can hear she's a very positive and personable, just outgoing, wonderful spirit. So I was already excited to sit down with her and talk about this book. But then she had just this wonderful idea about starting a company that would celebrate writers, but also give back to them. And there was no way I couldn't be a part of that. So check, 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 check. On. I'm on board. That right. was it. Let's and publish me, a book. For me, it was like, I just wanted to be a writer. I never thought about having a publishing company. And uh, the program at Gaylord is predominantly about your writing. You, you read, you study, you write, you write, you write, you write. It, but you do go into the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is why I brought all my names. So, yeah, uh, you did. You brought a sermon. Right, right, right. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Um, Laundry list. So our head professor, and who was also my chair, is Deborah Chester, and she's written over forty books, and it's science fiction and fantasy. She's in the Writers Hall of Fame, and she's written for. Wait, George. There's a Writers Hall of Fame. There is, and she wrote for George Lucas, and she. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah, you know that guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's a badass, and so um, she also she was trained by Jack Beckham, who wrote the Apple Dumpling Gang. Oh, okay. Right, so he was there at OU. He's retired now, but she was my head professor. And she also taught, have you heard of Jim Butcher? No. So there's like some New York Times bestsellers coming out of this program, like mm. some mega writers. He's a New York Times bestseller, and uh, he writes like urban adventure fiction fantasy uh, about uh, a human wizard who's a private investigator in Chicago. Interesting. For supernatural events. That sounds pretty cool. Well, yeah, it's very <laughs> cool. I mean, he's traveling the world, living the life. And so he dedicated his first book to my professor because he went through the program. So she's just, she's awesome. And she, one day, 
so this is like year two, and we're studying the business aspect. She got published at 18 years old. And I, would, um, I don't know how old she is, but I think she's in her 50s. Um, she showed us um, some, some of her receipts like from her publishing company and um, started talking about the money involved. And she said, you must not hope for better than 8% return. That is standard. Unless you are a badass, like a Stephen King. <laughs> right. Then we're talking 10%. And my soul deflated and then melted and then ran out <laughs> on the floor into this sickly puddle. And I went home and cried. Wow. Because I was working so hard for this. And I thought, what are my chances, man? That's disgusting. Even if I make it, I'm paying someone else. From my baby. I'm mm-hmm. selling my baby. And why? Why is it like this? And so then our other professor who's um, kind of sits, I'd say, laterally to Deborah Chester is um, Mel Odom. And he has written for, he wrote Sabrina the Witch, like took it from TV into novel, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And he's a bit more modern than she is. And so he is about like independent publishing as well. And we won't call it self-publishing because self-publishing is literally just for anyone who wants to go out there and publish. Whereas independent publishers are like a small version of the traditional publishing mm-hmm. companies. Right. We had that. There's a friend of ours who we had on the show uh, named Charles Martin, who does a version or does one of those in Oklahoma city called literati press. Okay. Hmm. Right. So you're, you're, you're a professional writer. You're yes. functioning with a team. Yep. Exactly like a publishing company would, but the returns are way better. Yes, and they and they even have their own bookstore now. So they have Do their, they? They, yeah, oh, they yeah, have their own writers. You should get publishing. this in the in the bookstore. Oh, yeah, this, can this we talk? Need, yeah, this absolutely. needs to be okay. a yeah. number. Yeah, okay. their bookstore absolutely. Oh, he would love that. I mean, that's what they focus on is um, having local Oklahoma authors in community the store. curated books. The community for sale. curated books. Yeah. Okay, the community comes in and says, "You guys got to read this book," and then they'll get copies of it, put it in the store, and then you got to write um, like a little card for why you suggest people read this book. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. That's going to be awesome. Shut, shut up. up. <laughs> shut up. Shut no, your face. No, really. No, really. <laughs> I need another beer. <laughs> but that's a new store that they've, they've just opened it. Um, and it's in, uh, are you familiar with the main part of the Paseo Arts District? Yeah. So there's yeah, the, right there. there's the, the building that has like the balcony on it. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's called the plunge. Okay. And so he's, he's also the manager of that building as well. Right. Um, so they're building the bookstore. Um, there's going to be a little coffee shop area. There's also going to be, uh, spaces for artwork and awesome. Uh, it'll do. Yeah. It'll just be a great sort of creative space to hang out in. And it's all Oklahoma people. We need to converge. Yes, you do. Yeah. This is what's 100%. going on here. See this magic. Can you feel it? I feel it. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's what we do. <laughs> so yeah, like once I listened, like I was so sad and then I went, I, went back the next day questioning my life because this is what I've always felt like I was built to do. And I was finally accomplishing it and being told that my accomplishments would mainly be taken by someone else. And that made me so sad until I heard about the independent publishing route. And I thought, well, fuck yes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to crack this code. (laughs) And so I went to Avery, who was our mutual uh, professor for the class that all three of us were in, um, Jake and Mary and I. Yeah, but you can't do that, though. You know how much money that would cost and how much time you'd have to invest in it. Right, right, right. You're going to distribute it. You don't. Right, right. (laughs) And so Avery's this gruff, he's just very intimidating, eh? 
Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Like scare in you in a good to, way though. In a good yeah. way, but like scare Jacob. you to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Avery's a man of one word sentences. Like just like no. What is it? You're in Hemingway yeah. or something? Kind of, yeah. And I guess sometimes he'll add in a few more words, but he's just like a f- you know the f- hell poignant no. ones. Yeah, yeah. hell, hell yeah. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Now. And, and so I thought he's who I need to talk to, and uh, he's he has a long history, very successful history in advertising. And my idea to crack the code was to take my book to an advertising agency in Oklahoma and try to convince them to share profit with me that I lay no money down, but you will be part owner in my book and in my future books and that we will take on other Oklahoma writers after this and ooh, look at the rainbows in the future type of thing. And Avery said, no, (laughs) 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 it'll never work. I was like, Avery, what? (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, they're never gonna listen to you. And I asked why. I kept asking why. <laughs> so I was like, ah, get out of here, Kez. You want to see Lauren of Mouth and Fedora? Yeah. Like, like says, for some reason, yeah. his office is in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> right? I have a nylon. I like this guy. <laughs> right. And uh, he said, you got to have money. That's all they care about. And he's like, and you'll be a flea in the room. They'll never pay attention to you if you're not paying them. And I thought he's probably right. You know, like they're a company, they need the money up front or they would just wouldn't dedicate much time to me. I'm, I'm one of many clients, right? Mm. So then I got deflated again, but then he's like, why don't you use students? <laughs> <laughs> students? <laughs> yes, yeah, students. And I said, no way. Hell no. That's what I told him. <laughs> Hell no. Like that. Yeah, you're speaking his language. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, they're too green. Because I'm an old woman. And I was like, I'm not going to use some 20-something fresh out of college. And I was like, they don't know what they're doing. He's like, not all of them. Some of them know. Wow, that's cool. That's exactly some what Some of them know. Some of them know. <laughs> like, uh, now i got to go find them. Right? And it was like that. Well, where do I find them? And he gave me like five names. And two of them were on there. Wow. Mm. And I already knew them. And I knew they were badasses because I watched them present. And we right. all had class together, and I was like, they are smart. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. I hate you, but you're right. <laughs> I'm adopting that voice. I'm going to have to use that. <laughs> I read to my daughter all the time, and I'm yeah. always trying to find new character voices. Mm. I'll have to use that one. Oh, that's I got to fit it into Chronicles one. of Narnia somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so now we're on the pathway, but it, we're young. Mm-hmm. We're going to celebrate our year, May. I don't, do you guys know the date? It was like mid-May Just last a month year. away? Mid-May. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, just nice. Month away. Well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Thanks. What are you going to do? I don't know. Like, where's the we party going to be? We haven't Can we decided. Go? Yeah, yeah. We should party. <laughs> we yeah. talked Let's about some keg ball. Yeah, we did talk about keg ball. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that uh, keg new ball. kids on the block uh-huh. cruise. Uh-huh. May check that out. We should all drink a bottle of Cisco. I'm like, you ever had Cisco? Oh, door. So keg ball is kickball with a keg on second base. And you have to play the whole time with your cup full. We might be able um, to arrange this. Yeah, oh, I'd say you definitely could, right? Interesting. That sounds sportsy, but <laughs> it is a little sportsy. But more drinksy <laughs> than sportsy. Okay. You do have to sport okay. your pants just a little. Uh, <laughs> just a little. I haven't bit. sported in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry to get personal. Right. <laughs> so we like for the future of our company. Um, it's going to come, but right now, like we're just trying to figure out how to make it work. 
because it's all new. I mean, it is the wild, wild west for independent publishing. Yeah. You know? But you're getting the job done so far. Yes. You've got one book We're out. We're trying. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Your, and my second book? one's coming soon. Oh, yes. It? It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. it's Because uh, this is going to be a trilogy, a uh, travel trilogy. But I just threw in the book that I've been wanting to write, which is about embarrassing sex. And it's called Bad Boudoir. It's called what? That will be popular. I think so. We'll see. Everybody loves reading that stuff. Yeah. Do they? Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lola. That's huge. That's huge. (laughs) (laughs) That's punny. (laughs) So, do you guys read? Constantly. You do? Well, yeah, it's um, so. Sometimes. I'm always reading more than one book at a time. And mm-hmm. while I was reading your book, I've been reading Cormac McCarthy. So mm-hmm. it's, oh, you know, different. It was kind of a, a bizarre juxtaposi- a juxtaposition between. Mm-hmm. He between loves like extreme despair and death and darkness. Cormac McCarthy described a chicken as intransigent. What? Oh, you must have thought I wrote a kindergarten book. Like Spike Run. You're like, fuck. This explains why you've been a little schizophrenic. <laughs> right? He's like, he throws a bug across the room. You ain't no Cormac McCarthy. Right. Get out of here. I didn't have to look up a single word. I know them all. <laughs> then you crack the dictionary right. once. Who do you think you yeah. are? Simpleton. You intransigent chicken. <laughs> intransigent. I said Ooh. intransigent. Ooh. I have an accent. <laughs> so yeah. I can't imagine you reading both of those at the same time. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was fun. And enjoying both. I and would uh, think and then also reading Bridges of Terabithia to my daughter. Oh. So it's like, man, we're just trying to get as depressed as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's my question. If you read all the time, where do you get your books? Amazon. So you shop online. Yeah. So now see? See what's going on? Well, this one I got in the mail for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome. The mail. Yeah, she mailed What's this that? to me. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Post Office. Oh, have you heard of that? <laughs> it's new thing. I just never heard anybody refer to it as the mail. <laughs> but you know, like, is it, but you have to like go to that box and like get the paper. <laughs> right. And oh, yeah. Right. Well, what I do like what, what, literary, what Literati Press is doing with their their bookshop is it seems like you know the my dad used to run a, a little bookstore in Shawnee, oh, and okay. I loved that bookstore. Um, and there used to be small bookstores all over the place. And then mm-hmm. everything just became either Borders and Barnes and & Noble. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Borders vanished. And now there's just Barnes & Noble, and most people, you know, get their books online. What about Walden Books and B. Dalton? They've been, they've been gone a B. while. B. Dalton? Wow. Yeah. That's like crazy. Yeah. Bringing these cooks. <laughs> but now that, you know, a, like a, a new little bookstore is opening up in the neighborhood right. that I can walk to. Yeah. And I will go there and support them. I think people are exhausted by big business, you know. Yeah. Everyone wants to go local, not just here. I think across the United States and across the world and like the shared economy is popular and people just want the money to go to the correct person. Yeah. And that's what we're attempting to do. But I still, I get schizophrenic with the selling because it's, it's a stumbling process half the time, eh? Hmm. Um, you want to get reviews, but some of the reviews are shut down by, or not shut down. They seem blocked by big publishing companies but i don't know if they are we're just trying to figure it out it's pay to play a lot of the time right. and it's get your manuscript in prior to being released so we're learning a lot of these things we didn't, kinda, we didn't yeah, know learning that. as you go and 
Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you guys think about the marketing? I'll let my team talk a little bit again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're small time. You know, we're, right. we're all about the social media. We've been mailing out a lot of books to bloggers, people who review books, you mm-hmm. know, not professionally, but in their spare time. They write a blog about books that they read, um, a lot of social media stuff, lots of, you know, grassroots stuff. We don't have the big advertising budget. We don't have a lot of money to be buying billboards and buying radio commercials and stuff like that. So it's... The book cover would make a great billboard, though. Yeah, yeah. we've thought about that, absolutely. And it's coming, but it's like we don't know... Because the weird thing is most people you talk to who are heavy readers shop online. Mm -hmm. So there is no need in some ways to go through a big publishing company because... You can be online and not have to pay a publishing company for your book, but it's how to get into these spots online that are important that we're trying to figure out, like Goodreads. Do you guys ever go there? I know about it, but I don't go there. Hmm. I visited it at one time, I think. One time. One time. Otherwise, on Amazon, tell me about your search, though. Like, how do you, when you get on Amazon, how do you decide what you're going to buy? I decide what I want to buy, and then I go to Amazon to get it. Okay, so how do you decide what you're going to buy? Uh, so I got a degree in English. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've just kind of had this running list of, of authors that I want to read. And I just go through those. So how do you get that list? Um, I just decide spur of the moment based on nothing. But has someone told you? About a like book? I, I can or? say that I have a huge list of books that are on my list to read that I've gotten from people's recommendations over mm-hmm. the last few years. Like so that's 99% of where I've gotten books yeah. that I'm going to go seek I guess out it, are, it, my list are through just direct came recommendations. From, my list okay. just came from learning about Or someone handing me a book. Or, like a, a, I read a Thomas Pynchon book when, you know, like my senior year. I think I read Crying a Lot 49. Uh-huh. And ever since then, I was like, I'm going to read every Thomas Pynchon book. Right. And then I would read a review about a Thomas Pynchon book. And then that reviewer would say, we, you know, would compare him to, to Don DeLillo or to Cormac McCarthy. Like, you know, I'm not familiar with Cormac McCarthy. So then I go read all those. And Just fuck Don DeLillo. Fuck Don DeLillo. <laughs> <laughs> that white noise. <laughs> so or, it's reviews. It's reviews. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's probably where a lot of it is. It's reviews. And, it's, and for me, it was probably reading scholarly articles about... Um, other authors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did my senior thesis on Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five, mm-hmm. you know, and and did some papers on other books, and that would send me to the library where I would, you know, just read, you know, scholarly articles or you know, the, there were those monthly magazines that there would that would always be in the school that would be published by other universities um, mm-hmm. that would just have, you know, articles about authors and. And other stuff. So it was just kind of exposure to um, reviews and. Right. You know, I think that is one of the stumbling blocks that we ran into early on was to get reviews. A lot of the times reviewers don't want to look at independent publishing houses or books Mm -hmm. produced by independent publishers. So we've really had to try to get creative in getting people's attention and in getting the word out directly to our customers and not necessarily through these middlemen. And honestly, I think that makes the job more fun because, you know, at heart, I think most marketers and writers and artists in general 
want to be creative, but it's very easy to get lost in just this formulaic, like this is proven to work. We're going to send it out to people who will review it and that will get everything started. But when you don't have that option, you really have to think like, how do we gain someone's interest? And that's what makes the job interesting. So how, do, a, how do you reach uh, people now? What's an answer to that question? Directly. Um, yeah. You know, Jake did mention we have been doing a lot of social media. Um, we use it every week, sometimes several times a week, you know, contacting people directly. Um, we're also really big on releasing content. So, you know, earlier we talked about Shelby's upcoming trip to Cuba. Mm-hmm. So she's writing about that and getting people interested in that. Okay. Kind of like maybe teaser stuff a little bit for yes, exactly. the future release of the book. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. So we don't necessarily need someone to say, like, I read this book and I enjoyed it. We want people to see Shelby's work directly and say, hey, I care about what this woman is saying. I want to see more of that. Okay. We're trying to sponsor blogs, um, just a lot of native advertising through a quite genuine conversation with people, whether it be in blog form in my blog or whether I guest blog for another blogger mm-hmm. or whether it be uh, through social media or whether it be someone writing a feature story about us. Uh, Preview Magazine out of Tulsa is getting ready to write something about nice. us. Yeah. And we're talking to Current Land. We're getting ready to talk There's, to There's uh, some local podcasts around here. You should go and Where? Them I have <laughs> not heard a damn thing. Get out of here. So if you guys know anyone. <laughs> That's awesome. Though. I mean, that is... That is kind of staying in that in that same vein, though, as being independent is, you know, mm-hmm. getting that direct out. It's like going through current land or, you know, being right. like on a podcast or, you know, not going through the normal giant distribution channels. Well, and you're right. mirroring, I mean, you're mirroring what's happened in music. You're mirroring what's happened, even it's happening in TV now almost oh, yeah. with going from broadcast to on demand, uh-huh. even just YouTube series. The difference is that the independent people are now, the distribution has been leveled. Right. Mm-hmm. It used to be you had to go to a Warner Brothers to get international distribution for your CD. Now you want inter- international distribution, you can upload to iTunes and Spotify like everybody else. Right. But like you're saying, the trick is getting your material in front of people and letting them be aware of it. The thing that big people still have over everybody, all the independents are, they still have multi-million dollar marketing budgets that they can throw and plaster TV ads and put Taylor Swift and Pepsi commercials and crap like that. Mm-hmm. That's what you don't have. That's right. what we don't have. That's what independent anything at this point creatives don't have. So you have to find these new and clever ways to, here's my here's my creation. Look. Look. Don't you want to pay me for it? Though? <laughs> right. Like, Keep yeah. looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Here's more. Here's a little bit. Here's more. Right. Want some too? Yeah. Mm. And it's probably the more difficult path. I, I would definitely admit to that. I think it, it would be a lot easier in some ways to just go and talk to a publishing house and see. And if I get picked up, which would be difficult, but if I were to get picked up, then um, sit back and write. But I've heard from a lot of people who are with publishing companies that the things are way different than they were 10 years ago because the publishing houses are dying. Right. So kind of like how the newspapers are dying. And mm-hmm. So the budgets are smaller. There is a lot bigger expectation now on the writers in general, even with your, even if you're with a huge publishing house, for you still to do your own marketing. For, yeah. You are responsible for this part. We do this, you do that. And most writers don't want to do anything. We want to write. Nope. So then I thought, well, hell, if I'm going to have to be doing it anyway, I might as well take home a lot more money for it. 
And so this, I do believe this is the better path. I, I have no doubt we're going to figure it out, but it's a long game, mm-hmm. you know, a constant long game. Well, that's almost the classic. I took the road less traveled and mm-hmm. that has made all the difference. Exactly. Right. Right. And it will be worth it in the end to sit back and say, look what we did. Absolutely. You built it yourself. Right. From the ground up. Mm -hmm. And that's going to give a greater feeling of satisfaction than ever just, you know, plopping out some great American novel and getting picked up by, you know, Penguin Publishing or something. that would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool, but, you know, there are are those groups of people that that pursue that avenue. They do want to be published by Scribner or Little Brown or, you know, and that's that's that world. They're they're two kind of separate worlds, you know. Mm. But it also, it's kind of a difference, too, because you mentioned earlier, like, you're a Stephen King, you're getting a 10% return, you're... You're, you're basically working inside this machine. Like, okay, I've, I've been hooked. I know if I write these books, I'll get these paychecks. And that's 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 a rare situation. True. Right. That's the the idea that you're going to get to that point at some point is more realistic in an in, independent level. Because you're not going to – you're going to break even a lot sooner on this small enterprise Way than sooner. a big publishing company does. Right. And I think kind of what you said earlier about traveling too, like – you chose to travel to some of the more difficult places when you were younger and you had that energy and can do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that entrepreneurs right now, especially creative ones, really need to think about. It's like you're young, do the hard work now. So that way, by the time you're 50, your publishing company is up and running. You're just sitting mm-hmm. back writing book. But instead of getting that 10%, you're getting 40 or 50. Not that right. it's about the money, but the long game is worth it. Do a little bit more work now and have it be your thing that you don't ever have to you know, worry that somebody's going to send you that letter one day that says, we're no longer interested right. in your services. Absolutely. Bye. Right. But wait, what about those 20 books that are sitting on a shelf I wrote? Well, those are our property. Yeah. You can go somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a sad state, the publishing houses, and it's an antiquated system that has not shifted since its birth. Out of all of the artistry areas, yeah. others have, like the music arena. Um, and even those, I mean, they're still f- trying to figure it out. And right. they're still shifting and changes every day. Yeah. Right. But for some, I think maybe just because people have, I don't, I don't know why actually I have no idea why it's taken this long to change, but here we are. And that's why it is like, we're catching it at the beginning and that's exciting, but it's also chaotic mm. and in some ways exhausting. It is. I mean, Mary and I in school, we studied all the traditional ways to, to advertise products. And now we're, we never studied how to advertise a book before in such a crowded marketplace and battling against the major publishing houses that have these huge advertising budgets. Mm-hmm. And so we're having to find a way to make this book unique, which it is, mm-hmm. but we have to be able to way, figure out a way to get that to people and have them understand that in new and unique ways. Right. And so we are, we're on the front lines of this changing uh, mm-hmm. environment of the publishing house and it's exciting. Right. You know? And to trust it. Uh, I don't know if the Gazette has shifted, but um, they were not reviewing anything that wasn't through a traditional publishing house. Really? Mm. Last time, this is like a couple of years ago when I spoke with them, but they weren't. And that might be different now. I, well, I don't think they review wrong. anything anymore that's not food. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have film reviews. <laughs> there are books. They're, 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 they're buried in the back. There are, you know, there are it's books like reviews in there. six yeah. words, mm. yeah. But mm. they're there. But I don't think that they're um, independent publishers. I don't yeah, think. The, the, you were asking me that question earlier. I mean, I don't, I don't really see book reviews anywhere anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's not something that stands out anywhere I look. Well, that's 
an interesting. And I guess the only thing, the only place I ever really look anymore is online. Well, the mm -hmm. times that I can remember always reading book reviews was when I would pick up the newspaper, mm -hmm. and there would be right. a section in the newspaper where there would be a book review. But I, the Gazette is probably the only like print media that I pick up on a regular basis. And yeah. like I was telling Stephen last night. I honestly really only read the Gazette because I like the horoscopes in the back. <laughs> That's seriously why I pick up the Gazette. Right? I like flip through it real quick. I'm like, there's all the band stuff. There's all the food stuff. Don't care. Don't care. Politics. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's the horoscopes. <laughs> <laughs> right? I made it to the end and... That's my problem. And that's the thing. Like, um, I think people are reading and aren't reading. They're scanning a lot scanning. more. You know, they are scanning. And so we have to figure out how to write something succinct that makes them want to read something that's not succinct. And that's a battle. That's interesting. You know, um, they say there are, uh, they, who are they? But a lot of people think that there are less readers, but there are more readers in a lot of ways. And I think that people mm -hmm. are still reading books and they're definitely reading on, on digital platforms as well. Like this is on Kindle and our sales are about equal. I think, are they for the printed versus? Right. They're pretty similar. Pretty similar. And then eventually you're going to have to turn it into an audio book. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting we, thing. I want to hear about this. Like that's shit in some ways. Uh, Amazon's getting greedy, as all big companies do. And uh, with what was the cut? It was like because, you know, um, they're a lot more expensive. They do charge a lot. What, what is the name of that audiobook division? Uh, what is it called? God, I used to subscribe to Say it. Say old what's it Is it face? on your list? Oh, no. you're, um, um, <laughs> Audible. Audible. Audible, yeah. Yeah, this, they're really expensive. Yeah. Well, because there's a lot of production that goes into making an audio book, it's like 24 yeah. hours worth of reading in the studio time, you know, yeah. and they're having to <laughs> cut That's it. That's a lot. That's a lot of studio time. <laughs> right. It's a lot of work. And then um, if you have it in actual CD form, that's a whole different story. But uh, Amazon is hooked up with iTunes. Didn't they? It was like a package deal, but they were like, we'll put it on these platforms. I can't remember how it went down. We read about it, and it was like basically out of that $38 that they're going to sell it for, you get the same return as you would for your print book. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But they're like, but you will be on here, here, and here, all the places you want to be. Audibles, this, that. What's it matter if I'm not going to make any money? Well, they make you think that it's still okay because you're going to be in all the places that people buy. Because you'll sell more. And you'll which sell will then more. Make more money. And you're still making the same as as your as your print book. No, Just but think I of it like that. Price. Think of it as yeah. you selling a print book. I think feel like that's what they're saying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> think of it as something else, and you'll be happy. Think of it as <laughs> I know it's this thing, but imagine it being this other thing, and then it's going to be okay. Right. So it's like trying to, and then there are independent authors who are trying to get around that, but then they're on a platform where nobody visits. So what do you do? It's just yeah. a game. It's like Vegas. Yep. You walk in, you roll the dice, and you see what happens. So I don't know. We, I mean, but we're doing well. And uh, we're getting there, and we're fig figuring it out a little bit more every day. And then I do think my my stacking books is important as a writer. You can't just be a one-off. Mm. So I do think my next book will make a big difference for us. And then the book after Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. It will be. Because I'm, nobody I'm, stacks books like this. But with travel to Cuba starting to become a more frequent thing, mm. where's all your Cuba travel books? So yeah, that'll be... 
Yeah. Well, awesome. I guess there aren't a whole lot of those. No. Mm. Is there a, That's an untapped market. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> is there a Lonely Planet Cuba book? Yeah. Is there? Well, okay. yeah, because everyone else can go there. Oh, everyone else can go there. Yeah. God damn American thinking. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, right before we wrap this up. <laughs> we don't go there. Oh, we don't go there. So, so there's no one goes there. there's no Rick Steves book. Is he, is he American? <laughs> he doesn't go to Cuba. Right, that's what I'm saying. There's no Rick Steves. Oh, I love to go there with Rick Steves. I heard he's a badass. Like when... Where all have you been besides Machu Picchu? That's it. Yeah. Have you I mean, I've traveled over the United States, but that's the same place. I've been to Bermuda. Bahamas. Bermuda. I'm not singing Kokomo. Those are the only places I'll travel to, and the places in that song. So I've been. Florida Keys. Right. I've been to a lot of Europe this time of year. Yeah, I've been to a lot of Europe. Oh, yeah, he's been to Amsterdam. Nice. Nice. Germany. Germany. France. Italy. Belgium. Various times. So, do you think that if more Americans travel more, it would benefit this country? Oh, 1,000 oh billion percent. Travel is the, what is it, best antidote to prejudice? Yeah. I think. Is that that's is wonderful. That the the great Something level. like that, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, go on, you were talking about this earlier. I was going to chime in, but just the conversation was going. It's like, yeah, that those times of visiting other countries, there's that moment early on of like fear and I'm going to look stupid and then just like, Oh wait, these are just people. And once they realize you're a person, you know, it's like when we run into strangers down here on our streets, we're not kicking them into the canal fact, we, and telling them to go home. We get like, strangers rides around the city, you know, the right, minute we meet yeah. them. I mean, well, some of us around here might kick you into the canal and tell you to go home, but <laughs> I don't do that. Right. So yeah, I think it it shifted my I, some of my traveling in Europe was done early on, like at the age of fourteen, and that I think shifted my way of looking at a lot of things. Mm. Mm. So highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. And I don't think America, I mean, Americans don't realize a lot of things, but we are an amazing country. Uh, but I don't think we realize our flaws well. We don't. I mean, I the last time I was in Italy, I was in this village and like in the middle of the day, all of a sudden I was walking, trying to get lunch and the village is like emptied and we walked back to the hotel and we're just like, what's going on here? And we're just like, well, it's two o'clock. Okay. <laughs> Well, everybody goes and takes post lunch naps and breaks, and <laughs> and then like later they come back and everybody communes in the square for a while, and then they go back about their business. And it was just like this is a really awesome practice. <laughs> yeah. That actually reminds me, I had a pro- professor in college that had mentioned going to Europe. I think he was in Spain, and the guy that he was staying with explained this to him. About two o'clock, we'll go and we'll take a nap. So they go back to this house, and the American person was thinking, you know, it would be something like, like laying down on the couch or leaning back in the chair. And the person that he was staying with, like, comes out, is like brushing his teeth, he's like in pajamas. <laughs> like, literally, then goes and gets into bed, then goes to sleep and takes a nap. Yeah. Gets back up, fully refreshed, goes back and opens the store. Yeah. <laughs> right. Genius. Genius. Eat, eat dinner about eight o'clock. Dinner yeah. lasts about two hours, a couple of bottles mm-hmm. of wine. Oh, totally. All my Kiwi friends in New Zealand are, dumb. are like, in some ways, definitely. Be, but who isn't, you know? It's just that we're so bad at looking in the mirror and and addressing our flaws, which is silly because then we could improve. Imagine how... Well, we can't improve when we're the greatest country. In the and we don't, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't like improving. Like, we don't want to improve. No. Well, it's the greatest country and we're going to make it great again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> And the one way we're going to start is by making sure no one is educated. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Education, dangerous. Yeah. Danger zone. Terrible things. So to wrap it up, we're just going to leave you with this. Don't read. Don't read. <laughs> don't, don't, don't travel. Don't travel. travel. <laughs> don't don't think. In fact, you shouldn't have listened to this. Right. Be scared. Say <laughs> so your prayers to President Trump. <laughs> right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. Again, the book is called Good Globe. Yes. Published by Drunk Publishing. Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Shelby Simpson author, Facebook.com slash Shelby Simpson author, um, at S Simpson author on Twitter. Um, yeah, Shelby come visit com. us. Go to Amazon.com. You can find Good Globe there. E-book, That's where you can get your blog, copy, right? Shelby Simpson.com? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. did you, it, I think I saw it, did it pop up on Facebook too? Yeah. Yes. That's what he so. said a second ago. <laughs> no, I'll say listen. it again. Shelby yeah, Simpson author. Shelby Simpson author. The next book, coming, Bad Boudoir, is coming out in November. Which is about? Watch out. Embarrassing sex. Embarrassing sex. The moist, uh, embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) sex tales ever. Moist. (laughs) Probably just made a lot of people angry right there. I look for the... (laughs) That'll stick in your head. That's our ending. (laughs) I just turned us off. Moist. Well, thanks for listening. (laughs) See you guys next week. (laughs) Thank you. You've been listening to The Wafty Show with Stephen, Aaron, and John. As always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown, recorded by the magnificent Kurt PR. Kurt's Kurt's awesome. awesome. That is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be found. Remember, as you go out to visit our local places and events, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. Tip your waiters, waitresses, bartenders, musicians, and artists. They're out there working hard for you. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience, where you can subscribe, rate, and comment. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wafty Show. Facebook.com slash Wafty Show. We'll see you next week. Woo!